Caroline is a non-binary software engineer with they, them pronouns. They share their experience of realizing they were non-binary, coming out to their dad with mixed results, and how their workplace created an environment where they felt comfortable enough to openly present as non-binary there as well. They talk about how workplaces can be more welcoming for those on the LGBTQ spectrum and how the interview process is made more complicated by having to determine if coming out to employers will jeopardize their chances of getting the job. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Why don't we start with just an introduction? Maybe you can introduce yourself and, and a little bit about your background. Sure. So my name's Caroline. Um, my pronouns are they, them. I am, I usually do iOS development, but lately I've been doing some Android development, but in general, I make apps. Great. And where are you located? Uh, Durham, North Carolina. Cool. And how did you get into programming? Uh, the first time I ever programmed was when I think I was in eighth grade. I did drag and drop programming with a program called Snap. It's uh, something that Berkeley made. Um, that's when I got my start. I made like silly little games. Um, and then in high school, I took a C++ class and actually learned real programming. <laughs> um, and then I kind of decided that I was going to do computer science <laughs> in school because of that one class. And my dad pressured me into doing something in science. So, And uh, did you do a four-year degree or did you do like what kind of um, post-secondary did you, did you complete? I got a four-year degree. It took me five years to do it though. And I got a job straight out of college. And so you're currently working as a platform engineer. Is this your first job out of college or did you have a position prior to this one? No. So this was my first job out of college. Um, I feel almost sheltered kind of. Um, I feel like I've, I've heard horror stories about other people working at other places and I feel like I work in a pretty, pretty good place. How long have you been there for? A little over two years. Okay. So why don't you tell me a little bit more about um, being a non-binary person? What does that mean to you? What was that process of discovering that for yourself? And what does it mean for you in the workplace? Start wherever you feel comfortable. About my junior year in college, I started really entertaining the thought of the question of, am I a woman? Um, I had tried to have this conversation with other people, and I'd say stuff like, do you ever think you're maybe not a man or a woman? And then people are like, no. And so that's the end of that conversation. Um, yeah, so I was asking myself these questions. And then as soon as I started asking, I saw a therapist, and I, I started doing group therapy for those who are trans and those who are questioning and I kind of found myself. I had a really hard time at first, though, because I was just like, things would be easier for me if I was just a girl, if other people just saw me as a woman. But then I also thought, well, I'm always going to be kind of unhappy with myself if I do that. And so I decided, I decided to tell people my pronouns and 
tell people I'm non-binary um, and be okay with myself. For people who are not that familiar with what it means to be non-binary, how would you describe that? It could actually mean several different things depending on who you ask. For me personally, it means that I don't identify as a man or a woman and not really anything in between either. I just kind of, some people would call me asexual. That's about it, <laughs> I think. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> I guess keep people can see it as there's a physical aspect, a mental aspect, an emotional aspect. What is it for you? I am very comfortable with my body and who I am and how I present. Um, I know some other people aren't as lucky. Um, and so some other people might need to medically transition. Um, I don't have to do that. Um, I did have to socially transition though. Um, I had to ask other people to use my correct pronouns, um, stuff like that. Can you dig a little bit more into what thoughts were going on in your head when you started to question whether or not you were non-binary. So for somebody who is potentially going through that right now, how could you explain to them, like, this is what you're going through? And, and these are the questions I was asking. Yeah, this journey to finding out that I was non-binary, um, it, it, it is definitely going to be different for everyone. One thing I, I remember questioning was just like, when I would have to fill out forms or anything like that, I would come to the question, like, what is your gender? Um, and I would have to sit and kind of think about it and wonder, what is my gender? <laughs> um, which, like, at the time, I was like, I feel like other people don't sit here and wonder and think about it for this long. But... I always had to kind of just sit back and, and think about it. And so that was like one of the first things that I remember questioning. So you were assigned female at birth. Is there anything you can explain about what it is about being female that you don't identify with? Or is it more just a visceral feeling? Oh, this is a good question because, all right. So when I first started thinking about if I'm non-binary, my first thought was, do I just hate women? When I was a kid, I had a lot, and I mean a lot, of internalized misogyny, and I hated being a woman, like at that, like when I was a kid, when I was in like middle school, um, because of all the bad things that comes with be being a woman and being female. And, and what that means. And I hated wearing pink and I hated, I hated having friends that were girls and all that bullshit, <laughs> but uh, just like really gross things that I held deeply. And I was just like, I hate being a girl. Of course, I didn't know that back then. I didn't realize that that was how I felt. That's just how, that's just how I felt. Um, in high school and in college, I kind of recognized that that was what was going on. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, wow, there's some things that I need to address and unpack and realize. Um, and so I did that. That was one of the first things I asked myself. I was like, oh, my God, do I hate women? <laughs> and then I was like, no, that's not it. That's not what this is. I, I don't hate women. I am very comfortable with who I am. I, and like 
the feminine qualities that I have. I just, that's just not who I am. And for a while it was weird because I was like, oh, then am I a guy? Am I like trans? And then I was just like, I don't think so. Because same, the same feelings I have for being a woman is the same as I have for being a man. Like I, I don't identify with either of them. I don't feel like I'm either You mentioned earlier that you started to go to group therapy and that started to help you better understand what was going on a little bit more. What other things did you do to educate yourself about this and to help you? What what are some resources and tools that helped you go through this journey? Going to group therapy helped me a lot. Uh, I learned and realized a lot of things going there. Um, I also told my significant other what was up. Um, (laughs) And I was pretty scared because I was like, I don't know if I feel like I have a good like understanding and I feel like this person will still like me. You never really know, I guess. (laughs) But he was really understanding and he was like, yeah, you should find yourself and you should figure this out for yourself and whatever, it doesn't matter. I'll still like you, which was really great. That was a really good thing for me to hear. (laughs) Um, And then I also came out to my dad way too early. I should not have done that at the time that I did um, because he had a lot of questions that I wasn't prepared to answer. Mm. (laughs) But I, (laughs) yeah, I feel like those things helped me where I am today but yeah. <laughs> were, there any, were there any online resources that helped you, whether it was forums, whether it was websites, anything that for somebody who might be going through this journey right now um, could have more of an accessible resource? Um, I don't think I utilized too many online resources. Um, I am a part of r slash non-binary talk which has been nice and cool and you there's a community there I mostly just look at what other people post (laughs) I will say that being online and seeing other non-binary people being themselves and being out there really helped me I think and at the time where you were going through this discovery process and, and coming out to your significant other your dad at this point had you known anyone else that was non-binary No, not at all. I didn't know anybody. I knew a couple of trans people. I didn't know anybody who's non-binary, though. I feel like it maybe would have helped me, maybe. Actually, now that we're talking about this, I'm remembering there is somebody who reached out to me during this time. And this person was trans. And (laughs) I hadn't talked to this person in years. And then all of a sudden, they're contacting me out of the blue just to talk about being trans. And I thought that was really cool and fun and interesting. Why did the person reach out to you? You specifically, because you came out as non-binary or because just out of the blue? Yeah. So it was really interesting. So I'm actually, I'm out at work, but I'm like still trying to come out to like the rest of my parents, like my mom and my stepdad. And other people but I all I had was like it was like on Facebook or something it was like my profile picture had a trans flag 
I think. And it said like, I stand with trans people or something. And that's all it took for this person to like reach out to me, which was crazy because like this person's like whole family, like would not be supportive and like all that stuff. And Mm -hmm. that is interesting that something as simple as one signal that you're supportive of that group, it could be an answer to somebody who's looking for help, which is which is crazy because that is a really simple thing that a lot of people could do. Uh, what made you decide to come out to your dad? And what is it about, what is stopping you from coming out to the rest of your family? My dad and I have been in this weird transition period where like we're trying to be closer. It's really weird. He like married this lady who is amazing and awesome. And I'm so glad he married her because she has made him a much more open person more understanding I think um and because of that he was like yeah I want to get to know you I want to like talk to you and see what's going on with you and I was just like all right and so I just decided that I was going to trust him and that I was going to let him know this information even though it was way too early it was way too I don't know how to answer this right now (laughs) Um, I probably should have waited and had a plan. I didn't have a plan. (laughs) Like there are obviously different reasons to come out at different times, but obviously I assume in the beginning when you're going through this new process, you're kind of looking for support and that's why you reach out to your parents. Um, On the flip side, if you come out too early, like you mentioned, you don't have answers to a lot of questions that they are wondering. So when is the right time to come out to your parents? Honestly, I have no idea because now I have to tell my mom and it's actually been kind of hard to like interact with her and stuff because she thinks she still thinks I'm her daughter, but I don't know. I've had conversations with her about trans people and it wasn't great. (laughs) Um, It was very like, she's just uninformed and doesn't know, which is fine, I guess, but also but that's also where my dad was. So I, I'm not really sure. And I think like, because I came out to my dad so early. And so, (laughs) uh, when I didn't have the answers, I'm scared to come out to my mom a little bit, but also I'm not sure. I know she's okay with like gay people. And I've actually, I came out to her as bisexual and that went fine, but I'm so afraid that like, I feel like my identity as her daughter really matters to her. And I feel like that is something that she like latches on to. And so I'm very afraid <laughs> to come out to her. <laughs> wow. After having the experience of coming out to your dad and you've obviously learned from that experience and it's obviously going to inform how you're going to come out to your mom. Do you have thoughts on wh- how to structure that conversation? I mean, how, for people who are also going through that process of coming out to their parents or their friends, how do you start a conversation like that? Yeah, so I, I've actually been talking to other people, other trans people and other LGBTQ people about how do you come out to your parents? Um, because I do want to come out to my mom for sure. Um, um, a lot of people have said to give them media that can put trans people in a place of like normalcy. I was given a list of shows and stuff like that 
um, that have trans people who are just people who are just regular people, but they're also, they happen to be trans. Um, that was one way. And I thought that was great. I was like, yeah, my mom watches TV. She'd love that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I kind of want to recommend her to watch those shows and see what she thinks and stuff like that and kind of get a little bit more of a feel of how she, what she thinks, um, before I become more comfortable talking to her about this stuff. It seems like it's been a, a couple years since you've come up to your dad. You said in the beginning he it was too early and maybe he wasn't, didn't react to it as best as he could. Over time, what has helped him come to accept and understand it better? I think like a year ago, I told my dad, I was like, hey dad, it would be really nice if like I already came out to you, but it would be really great if you could use my pronouns. Uh, he gave me the worst answer to that. <laughs> he was like, oh yeah, it's not a big deal. Like we, we, we live in San Francisco. Like, don't worry about it. Like, I, like just, it's fine. And I was just like, that's the worst answer you could give me right now. I wish you would have just said, yes, I will try my best. I'm sorry. That's all I needed. Mm-hmm. But no, he was just like, no, don't worry about it. But I've since talked to him and I was like, dad, please use my pronouns, please. And he was like, oh, he gave me another answer that kind of sucked. But he was like, oh, I don't think I usually use them. But I was like, you do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But and then and then he kind of went into the spiel that like kind of made me sad. He told me about how like. So he's actually, he immigrated from China to the U.S. when he was, I think, 14. So, like, he grew up in China, but then he also kind of grew up in the U.S., right? Like, he went to high school here. Um, and he told me, he's like, as soon as I, like, figured out what what was what, and I, as soon as I figured out the culture, he said he felt like it changed. And as soon as he as he felt right and good with how the world was, it changed. And now things are different. And I don't know. I have a lot of feelings on that. I'm just like, I hope that when I'm his age and older that I'm flexible enough to be like, okay, change is happening. Change is good. And it's okay. I can see how like finally figuring things out and then mm-hmm. realizing everything you knew was wrong. (laughs) That's interesting. It would would suck. That's, that's interesting. I'm curious to hear a little bit more about what you feel are some misconceptions people have of non-binary people. What are either common questions you get or what are common assumptions people make that are incorrect? A common misconception is that we will get angry if you use the wrong pronouns. (laughs) which is like not at all I think uh when I get misgendered it feels different depending on who's doing it so if it's somebody that I know and love uh I'll give them a pass like I don't I don't care and usually those people will fix it quickly um which is always the best um I don't know about anybody else I don't know about other non-binary people but in my personal experience I really like it when people correct themselves immediately because that shows that like you care 
and that like you're really trying yeah another one is like being non-binary means like one thing and it really doesn't um you can talk to somebody else who's non-binary and maybe they feel like they're gender fluid and that they're both genders at the same time um that's not me um but that could be how somebody else feels yeah being non-binary is very different for very for all kinds of people um some people feel the need to medically transition i don't and i don't know maybe that'll change in the future but right now i'm cool with what i am and what i look like yeah so what made it about what made it about your workplace that made you f- feel comfortable to eventually come out yeah so um something new that had just started like right before i started was these ERGs employee resource groups and one was for lgbtq plus people and one was for people of color and one was for uh people who don't have a degree and one was for people who were in the military all kinds of ERGs and so i was like oh okay it's okay to be gay here <laughs> um and so i came out and it was fine well, when did you feel ready to come out at your company and how how was that process was it like you started with one person was it like you posted in a slack group was it like what how was that process of coming out to the company on my second day of work my short term mentor he asked me he said have you met have you met kevin i was like no i haven't met kevin before and he said well they're an engineer here and they use they them pronouns and at that time second day of work at that time i had no plans on coming out at all but then i said me too those are my pronouns too and that's how i came out to my mentor <laughs> and i <laughs> on the second day yeah yeah and he was like oh okay great and that was it and then he told other people mm-hmm. and that was that and then um in slack people have uh, used their pronouns and they put their pronouns next to their name and mm-hmm. so that's what i did I mean, I would consider that a very lucky situation that it just so happens on your second day of work that you got introduced to somebody that had they, them pronoun and that you were able to come out that way for people who don't get so lucky in that situation. Is there any recommendation that you have on how to come out at work? Yes, I was extremely lucky. Um, for people who don't have that, I would really look for ERGs to make sure like your company has a support system for you. There's a whole bunch of different ways you can come out at work. I know somebody recently came out in Slack. This person is trans and she was just like, "Hey, I'm trans. <laughs> this is my name and my pronouns." Uh and everybody was so supportive and so nice and um I don't know, some some other people like to keep it on the down low and like we'll talk about it to you privately. It all kind of depends. And I I don't think there's one right correct way to come out at work. I'm sure there'll be like a process in the future for how mm-hmm. we do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but right now it's kind of like nebulous and kind of just 
do what feels most comfortable for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe we can talk a little bit about the hiring process now. Um, talk me through your experience with going through the technical hiring process. I think you've expressed in the past to me the, some frustrations that you have with standard interview processes. Maybe talk me through your experience and how potentially um, not being able to be as transparent about your gender could have affected your ability to perform well in standardized interviews. I did not come out in any of my interviews. I thought that that was not what I was there for. I was there to get a job. I do not want my gender to jeopardize that. (laughs) And so even though my company right now is very like supportive, I just had no way of knowing. And now I think we've changed that. Like we, we openly advertise that we have an LGBTQ ERG and we openly advertise that like we accept everybody for who they are. But back then, when I was interviewing, we did not do that. Um, (laughs) And so that was something I hid about myself. Technical interviews are always bad, I feel like. I feel like there needs to be a new system for showing how good you are at something. Because right now, technical interviews stink. The interviews that I did with Willowtree, with the company that I'm at right now, it was actually kind of fun. They, like helped me along. They didn't just say, here's a problem, figure it out, and then just watch me squirm. (laughs) Something that I think Willowtree did right during my technical interviews was they asked me a lot of questions. They asked me leading questions. In my interview with like, well, so I had an interview with Facebook my sophomore year of school, and I just remember feeling like such a jerk during that interview because like he just said, here's a problem, here's a piece of paper, write down the answer. And then he just sat there. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what, I didn't know what they were looking for. Mm. Didn't ask me any questions, just kind of sat there looking at me. Mm. And I sat there looking at them being like, okay, I don't, I don't feel comfortable in the situation. And it just felt bad all around. Did you ever have a positive experience with an employer that uh, they introduced themselves with their pronouns? No, I have not. And I wish they would because then I would feel more comfortable being out. And I would say, oh, like if they said to me, my name is this and my pronouns are this, then I could say my name is Caroline and my pronouns are they, them. It'd be super simple, super easy. And how do you think that would impact your experience in the interview if you were able to upfront share your pronouns? I think I'd feel much better about the interview already. Like I'd be like, oh, they don't hate gay people. That's great. (laughs) Um, I'd feel more comfortable. I'd feel a bit more relaxed, I think, which is just like, it's just such a simple thing you could do. What about when once you're in the workforce, what can employers do to make people, LGBTQ plus or non-binary people feel more included or feel more accommodated once they're in the workforce? I kind of wish that like the unconscious bias trainings, I wish it would be like an ongoing thing and maybe an ongoing discussion so that we can remember that we do have unconscious bias. 
I would also really like it if those unconscious bias meetings didn't start with, hey, when you are walking down the street and you see a person, how do you know that they are male or female? Like, I, I hate that. And I mostly hate it because they don't unpack the reasons why that's messed up. <laughs> they don't talk about why you maybe shouldn't do that or like the fact that that could be wrong. What are other things that employers could do to a either further educate themselves and their employees or b create an environment or programs to show support? Adding pronouns to Slack is like a super simple, great way to show your support um, and to make other people comfortable with showing their pronouns. Also, when I get misgendered, and the person doesn't immediately correct themselves, what I like to do is talk to them privately, either in person or in Slack. I'll just say, hey, I don't know if you knew, but my pronouns are they, them. And so far, I've gotten, like, only support. Like, I've people have either talked to me first and apologized and said, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get better. And of course, I'm always like, yeah, no worries. I totally get it. Um, thank you for reaching out to me. Or I go to them and I say, hey, m- these are my pronouns. And that person comes back to me and they're like, I'm so sorry. I'm trying. Uh, please forgive me. <laughs> and then we move on with our lives. And, and so far, I have not run into anybody that has pushed back on that at all. Is it your preference that if someone misgenders you in a group that they correct themselves right away in the group or they privately message you to apologize? I personally like it when when somebody misgenders me that they correct themselves immediately because it shows that they care. What are some non-binary friendly policies that you've either seen in action or wish were put in place? Can I ask you about how do you feel about gendered bathrooms? Oh, yes. So they stink. (laughs) Um, So at my place of work, we have four non-gendered bathrooms. And I really like them because they are single stall bathroom, which I love. I feel like if we had just changed the way our bathrooms are, like if each stall was its own stall and there was no like space where you could see your feet or anything, or if you stand up, you don't see up top or anything like that. We could just have gender-neutral bathrooms. You have gender-neutral bathrooms in your house, so it's just like, we can we can make this work. Well, that's, I mean, that's pretty progressive of your company to have that. Yeah, actually, so the, basically, the ERG that deals with people who have chronic illnesses worked with the LGBTQ ERG to get those bathrooms. They both asked for those bathrooms because of people who have certain conditions that they need to deal with during the day and they'd rather have like a single stall restroom. That makes a ton of sense. Can you talk to me a little bit more about what ERG is? How did it get started in the company? An ERG is an employee resource group and I think it can take different forms depending on who's running it. At my company, it's just whoever wants to. So it's not like 
all managers have to be in charge or anything like that. It's just whoever wants to be in charge is in charge. It's just a space where like we have meetings and we talk about things, but then we also have like the people who run the ERG are a part of some sort of board that talks to the C-level people, basically. They kind of communicate asks to leadership yes on behalf of the rest of the the group of the erg yes ah got it another thing i want to ask you about is just more tactically in job postings or in company descriptions what interests you as a non-binary person to like want to work for a company companies that ask for your gender like on your application and they have most of the genders that always feels good okay um and also recently, companies that have pictures where their logo is, like, either black or, like, has a rainbow on it or something. I know it's small and whatever, but it does show a little Support. bit. Yeah. Totally. Those are great tips. What about um, companies that share diversity numbers? How do you feel about that? I think it's great because they're usually shitty. <laughs> usually not great um but it keeps companies accountable to to show like hey there's only like two black people who work in a company of like a thousand people that's crazy (laughs) we should probably do better than that if you can be the most transparent that means you give a shit you actually care and that you probably want to do something about it because these numbers are bad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Can I end off with a quick rapid fire question? So five or six questions that are just quick answers. We'll okay, <laughs> sure. One word to describe yourself. Kind. Alternative career path you would take if you couldn't be a software engineer? Uh, when I was in high school, I also applied to go to culinary school. Oh, interesting. I would probably want to be like a pastry chef or something. Favorite book or podcast? My favorite book Maybe The Golden Compass in the His Dark uh, Materials trilogy. Great. Something on your bucket list. Hmm. Eventually, I would really like to come out to my mom. <laughs> Love that. Um, favorite app? Maybe Relay for Reddit. Okay, last one. Something you do for self-care? I play Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. And I think that is a good place to wrap up the conversation. (laughs) Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Of course. During interviews, Caroline felt that they had to hide their gender so as to not jeopardize their chances of getting the job. They share it's difficult to know how anyone will react to your coming out, from people you've just met to those you've known your whole life. It comes down to how comfortable you feel in any given situation. Their struggle with wanting to come out to their mom and how they came out to their dad with initial mixed results showcases this dilemma. Caroline highlights how important it is to have workplace support for underrepresented groups in making people feel they can be themselves and are safe to do so. If their workplace hadn't been an LGBTQ friendly environment, and there hadn't been another non-binary person there already, Caroline may not have come out at work at all. With bias training, support for underrepresented groups, 
and a few simple changes like having gender-neutral bathrooms and asking for pronouns instead of assuming, based on appearances, the workplace can be a safer and more welcoming environment. Thank you for listening to this episode. Hatchways is a platform that discovers talented software engineers that often fall through the cracks of traditional hiring processes. This podcast is to share their stories. Some have managed to navigate through the broken system and land employment, while others are still unemployed, some for a few months, some for a few years. We hope their experiences and ideas will educate you and propel the tech industry toward an employment system that is more aware, empathetic, and inclusive. If you want to learn more about Hatchways, visit hatchways.io. And if you would like to be a part of the podcast, or if you have questions you'd like to ask future job seekers on the podcast, email us at hello at hatchways.io.